Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Jen here, and welcome back to the Simply and Fiercely show. Today, we're talking about decluttering, or more specifically, how to tackle clutter when you are either concerned about or just struggling with the topic of waste, right? Um, And let me just say that this episode was inspired by a listener question. They sent me quite an in-depth email about decluttering in general. Um, I'm only topping the... (laughs) Sorry, I can't talk today. And I'm only tackling one half of it now, talking about this topic of scarcity and waste. Um, The second question was about how to declutter when you're struggling to let go of the past. And honestly, that is such a big topic that I'm probably going to have to cover in a later episode, um, maybe a two-parter somewhere down the line. But yeah, so today we are on the topic of how to declutter when you're struggling with waste. And I just want to start by saying that waste, um, when we're talking about decluttering, can manifest in several different ways. So in the email that I received from um, a listener, their focus when they talked about waste was really on the environment. They included some specific examples and They were all centered around items that have a lot of potential, but they're broken and the person who sent the email doesn't feel that they're capable of fixing it. So for example, um, one of the things they said was an air mattress that had like a pretty big hole in it or a toy, you know, that was broken. Um, These are things where they didn't feel like they were capable of making these repairs. So the item was no longer useful to them. But at the same time, they're very aware that, you know, there's somebody out there in the world who could probably repair these items and give them a second life. So this is a very valid question, um, something that I'm going to come back to in a moment. But I also want to point out that when we talk about, you know, scarcity or waste when it comes to decluttering, is that it's not always so literal. Um, Sometimes the struggle with waste is more of a feeling, like a guilt or just that like anxious feeling when you know that you have wasted time, money, energy, um, you know, or a combination of these things. Because owning stuff, right, it comes with a cost. There's the money that you spent shopping. There is the time that you spent shopping, time that you have spent caring for the item potentially like an ongoing cost of caring for something, you're giving up space in your home, right? And so, you know, it's it's irritating. I don't know if irritating is the right word, right? But it, it feels like a waste that you've invested so much of yourself into this item, and then just getting rid of it feels really uncomfortable, right? And so that's yet another reason or another example of how waste can be related to decluttering and why it makes it hard to declutter. And also just on a side note, I want to mention that in my experience, when people are struggling to declutter, the reason for their struggles is often very layered, right? So like, 
there are so many reasons why people feel attached to clutter. And the way that I always describe it when I'm working with my clients is that it's sort of like a web, you know, like a, like a spider web where you've got these threads. Um, I always imagine them as like golden threads that are kind of woven between you and your item. And it's all these different strings that represent different attachments. And so when you want to declutter, it's almost like unraveling right? You have to sort of untangle each of these threads individually in order to get to a place where you feel comfortable and confident with letting go. So anyway, some of these threads that we're dealing with today is you might feel guilty about the environment. You might feel upset about like time and money that you've wasted, or it just might be, you know, nothing to do with the environment, but you just might really hate the idea of being wasteful right? Um, I think that often comes when people have an upbringing or just a lived experience, something from your past where you have had to deal with times of scarcity. So it might be like um, some of my clients, you know, their parents um, lived through the world wars or the depression and they've experienced real scarcity, right? And they sort of have drilled into their children that like, you know, you need to um, never be wasteful. You need to make the most out of everything. Um, or maybe you have gone through personally an experience where um, you have had financial insecurity, right? So you just obviously need to be a little bit more careful, I guess, with with your goods, right? You don't want to declutter something and then need it later because you have a genuine need due to financial insecurity. Um, so that's another example of when people struggle with waste, or it could just be out of alignment with your values, right? I know a lot of people, it just, it's just something it goes against what they believe. Whatever the circumstances, I think waste is a huge challenge for so many people. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to give you some tips, some sort of practical tips that will help you navigate these decisions. Um, because right off the bat, I guess one thing I really want to be clear about is that there is no one best or one right solution for everyone, okay? Which might surprise some people. Like I know that as a minimalist, as someone who teaches and also, you know, preaches about the benefits of decluttering, you might expect me to say like, you should never keep onto things just in case, right? Or you should never hoard things. Um, but I'm also a realist. And in reality, we all have very different experiences, right? So for example, if you live in a very, a very rural area where it's difficult for you to get in the shops, um, or maybe your size, your body size is outside of standard sizing. Maybe it's very difficult for you to replace clothing. Um, maybe you are currently dealing with financial insecurity, right? I know that here, I live in Australia right now, there are massive issues with inflation, uh, interest rates, the cost of living, like it's just wild. Things have gotten so expensive. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is happening, you know, in many places around the world. So yes, I believe in decluttering. I believe in minimalism, but I'm also a realist, right? And so how much is enough? What is that right balance? It's not one size fits all. We have to take into account your circumstances. And some people need, you know, more stuff just in case than others. And that's okay. But the point is that it's a fine line. There is this mix of practical and emotional challenges. And that's what I want to help you navigate in this episode. All right, so um, let's dive in. First and foremost, 
in almost any decluttering situation, there is a value proposition, right? It's, it's pretty much like a pros and cons list, right? So you've got to think like, what are the reasons why I want to declutter? You want to declutter because you want more space in your home. You want less to clean, less to trip over, right? <laughs> um, but on the other hand, you've got to weigh up like, what if you genuinely need this someday, right? And there's also the cost of replacing something if you might need it someday. So as I said, um, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I think this is really important. There is no one right answer. I can't say what's best for you. But what I can say from experience, um, my own experience and my experience working with many clients is that most people don't have their accounting right. They're not fully looking at the pros and cons of decluttering. Okay. So we are very good at looking at the cons, right? If you know, if you've ever gone to declutter and all your brain can think about is like, oh, like I spent so much money on this. Like I feel so bad wasting this. You know, what we're feeling is we are envisioning the pain of like, oh, what if I get rid of this sweater? And then in two years, I'm invited to a party and that sweater would go perfectly with this dress and how annoying would it feel not to have the exact right outfit, right? We're really, really good <laughs> at like imagining, envisioning that type of pain of getting rid of something. But what I found is that most people massively downplay the cost of keeping their clutter, right? So they can vividly imagine what it's like to get rid of it but they're downplaying sort of the ongoing cost of hanging on to their clutter, right? So thinking about a sweater again, right? You, and I know how easy this is. It's so easy to think, oh, it's just a sweater, right? I've got room in my closet. I'll just keep this one more sweater because I don't want to have that experience of needing it someday and not having it. And I don't want to feel the guilt of wasting money. And I don't want to feel the guilt of contributing, you know, to the environment. And like I said, those are real valid concerns, but what we downplay is things like the link between clutter and our mental health, right? We all kind of know that conceptually, um, but because one item doesn't feel like it's significant, we downplay it. But in my experience, it is like, um, what is that saying? It's a death by a thousand cuts or a million cuts, right? One sweater might not matter. But multiply that by all of the clutter in your home. And now you've got a situation where it feels like you can't breathe, right? You are suffocating in your own home and you have nowhere to go, nowhere to escape, nowhere you can go where you can truly feel at peace. Or, you know, that, that maybe I'm projecting. That's how I felt when my life was really cluttered. And so when you were sort of doing this calculation about whether you should get rid of something, Yes, you know, it's valid to be concerned about wasted time and wasted money, but don't downplay the impact of your well-being, right? That is very valid as well. And when you hang on to stuff, you're probably wasting time and energy every day, right? Money too, you've got to maintain yourself, store your stuff. Um, also, I've heard so many people tell me, and again, I've experienced this too, you end up buying duplicates of things because you don't even know what you own right? You can't find those garden shears when you need them. So you just pick up another pair next time you're in the shops, right? And next thing you know, you've got like six pairs of gardening shears, right? So there's that kind of ongoing cost. And there's also 
the fact that that ongoing cost, especially like the energy and the way that it feels in your home, that is something that keeps compounding, right? Because it's like you spent $30 on that sweater and you spent $30 on that once. But if you are paying the price of living in a cluttered home, you pay that every day, right? Every day, every day, every day. And that's where it comes back to the whole idea of death of a thousand cuts, right? So again, I am a realist. I accept that there are real situations where you want to hang on to things. But it's just also important that when you are kind of doing that mental calculation in your head, that you are really making sure that you fully understand the cost of keeping your items. All right. So um, hopefully that gives you perspective on sort of the one type of waste, which is really like a mental sort of game dealing with the wasted time, wasted money kind of angle. But there's also other aspects of waste, right? So as I said, the initial question from the listener was about the environment, um, where we also just struggle you know, with our values, it just feels really wrong to throw away things when they could still have a purpose, right? And we also just don't want to be decluttering, I'm sorry, not decluttering, we don't want to be filling up the landfill, right? I think we all know, you know, it's overconsumption is a massive issue. I actually have a podcast planned, um, maybe the next episode or in the next few, where I want to talk about overconsumption. Um, But we're just all aware, right? We're using too many resources. We have, you know, we're filling up landfills, we're shipping our rubbish overseas. It's a bad situation. So we've all heard the saying, reduce, reuse, and recycle. And I'm all here for this. But, and I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I just need to remind people that when you're talking about decluttering and trying to be mindful of waste, that in the vast majority of situations, there are no perfect solutions, okay? And this is why you always hear so much emphasis put on that first step. It's reduce, right? You reduce first before you reuse and recycle. So this is why, um, for those of you who have been following me a long time, not just on the podcast, but perhaps on social media or on my blog, you'll know that, yes, I've created a lot of content about decluttering, But I also talk all the time about how to buy less in the first place, right? Because yes, that's how we really break the cycle, right? Recycling um, something that you're getting rid of now. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to do that. Of course you could. But the real impact on the environment is going to be, well, how can I buy 10 less items in the future, right? It's going to be constantly we need to be reducing, reducing, reducing. Okay. And so like on a side note, if you work with me in any of my programs, um, I have two major decluttering programs. There is Clear Your Clutter, which is my signature program. It's an eight week group program that I teach twice a year, um, launching in January and July. Or I have a closet decluttering program, the One Day Closet Cleanse, which you can join anytime. So in both of those programs, if you do want to work with me and learn from me, I really focus on teaching you how to declutter in a way that breaks that cycle, right? Um, I really believe that when, when done right, decluttering is a learning opportunity. Every single thing that you get rid of is a lesson. It teaches you something about what you don't need, about what you shouldn't buy. 
And if you are paying close attention, right, you can apply what you learn and consume less in the future. So that's actually one of my tips um, for when you're dealing with waste and decluttering in general. You can't change the past, right? And yes, there are some things that you can do to be more responsible with your decluttering, but it is never going to be perfect. So the first step is always to make sure you learn as much as you can from your clutter, right? Look for clues, look for patterns, ask yourself specifically, anytime you're getting rid of something, right? Ask yourself, what is it about this item that is causing me to get rid of it, right? So if it's something that's broken, maybe you can learn something about the quality. Maybe you say, okay, I don't buy this brand anymore. I don't buy this type of material or I need to care for it in a better way, right? Um, Or if you're decluttering something you don't wear, right? You could say, okay, well, I've realized I don't really like that color on me or, you know, that style is something that I admire in other people, but I don't genuinely like to wear, right? There's so much, so much valuable information in what we declutter. And of course, as I said, again, there's no perfect solutions, but learning a lesson once instead of repeating a mistake over and over and over has the potential to reduce so much waste in the future, okay? So taking on that mindset shift of this is a learning experience that's going to reduce waste in the future helps me deal with, you know, creating that small amount of waste in the present time, right? And also acknowledging that as unpleasant as it is to think about, you created the waste the minute that you bought something, right? And It's more like now it's just how can you delay it going into a landfill, right? But the the real goal is to create that reduction in the first place. Um, But having said that, I do want to share some practical tips, some things that I do that help me be more responsible with my decluttering. Um, So these aren't mindset things. These are some like practical tips, what to do with things that still have value. Um, And it's quite funny when I was sort of planning this episode out because one of these things, probably my top tip is something that I did myself about three hours ago. So um, let's dive in. When you have something that would still have value to something else, right? So as I said, it could be something that's broken and just you don't know how to fix it or it's just something that you don't use anymore, right? So it's still, you can see it's still valuable to someone else, but it no longer has value in your life. Um, yeah, you can try to sell these things a lot harder, right? If it's broken, not impossible. And also selling things takes a lot of time and energy, right? So definitely if you have that capacity to try to sell things, go for it. But if not, my absolute favorite way of decluttering things, or should I say getting rid of the things that I declutter, is by listing it for free online. I know obviously this is going to depend a bit on what you're personally comfortable with and perhaps the size of the town or the community where you live. But I have had such amazing success by listing things for free on Facebook. So sometimes that's on Facebook Marketplace or in various Facebook groups that I'm in. There's one for my local community. There are buy nothing groups online. Any of these kind of communities are a really great way to pass your stuff onto other people. 
So for example, my kids are three and six. So we're really growing out of a lot of baby stuff. And I, I had a ton of things that I really wanted to get rid of. And again, just to prove that I'm human and I'm, I'm just like you really, in many ways, these were items that were too good to get rid of, right? I didn't want to just dump them to the op shop. That's what we call like secondhand shops, like a Goodwill in America. Because I do know that so many items that are good items, they just get lost in secondhand shops, right? Clothes are a little bit better because like everybody's looking for clothes. But if I have something specific for a child, like I had a, um, a swim nappy or like a reusable swim nappy, that's from a really expensive brand. It's in great condition, right? But I know if I give it to the charity shop, it's probably not going to be found by someone who's going to use it, right? So I've been hanging on to these things for some time, trying to find a good way to get rid of them, thinking <laughs> thinking that I was going to sell them. In fact, my husband actually, I think, listed some of them online, but they just weren't moving. So anyway, they were sitting in my house, cluttering my house. As some of you may know, I live in a really small place. If you're new here, it is, I think it's 660 square feet, two-bedroom apartment, um, which, you know, is small. And as I said, I've got two kids and my husband. But I kind of tucked these things out of the way and was just sort of waiting for the perfect situation to get rid of them. Um, but then we went away for a couple days and we came home last night. And I don't know about you, but when I've been away from a, on a trip and we are unpacking and there's clutter in the house, it's just like one thing on top of another. And my husband and I were just like, we can't take it anymore. We need to get rid of this stuff. Like, we're not going to try and sell it. We just need to get rid of it as soon as possible. So what I did is I took pictures and I listed it on Facebook last night. Um, I kind of grouped like the boy stuff, some toys and clothes together and the girl stuff together and just listed it like a bulk lot of free stuff on Facebook Marketplace. And within hours, I had people contacting me for both items um, by 9.30 this morning, I'd already gotten rid of the boys' stuff. And this afternoon, I have somebody who's pregnant who's coming to get the girls' stuff. And so it's like just win-win. Some of this stuff is in great condition, and maybe I could sell it. Some of the stuff is a bit more beat up. Um, it's more like play clothes, things you might wear to daycare. It's got some stains, but it still has life in it, right? So, you know, that's really addressing that whole, it's still got use. I don't want it to go to waste. And by grouping it together and giving it away for free, I know it's going to someone who's going to use it, right? It's not the thing you'd go out to the shop and buy, but if you had it, you know, if you receive hand-me-downs, it's something that somebody's going to use. So it was so simple. Um, I didn't have to drag things out of the house. And I get that good feeling of knowing somebody is going to use these items. So I definitely recommend that as a practical tip if you are comfortable using Facebook Marketplace or any other kind of online community, just list your stuff for free. Um, you would be so surprised. I had a bed that was broken. It had one sort of beam was broken and it was missing some screws. And we listed it and we got a million people wanting to come get it. Because again, just because I'm not able to fix it doesn't mean that somebody else isn't. Another way that you can use the internet to get rid of your things um, in Australia, there's this really cool organization called Give It, and they're almost like a middleman, like a matchmaker, right? So what they do is they get requests from charities who have items 
um, or sorry, who needs specific items. So like a animal shelter might be like, we need dog bowls or we need towels or whatever. And then when you are browsing this, you could be like, oh, that's what I have to get rid of. And so instead of just dumping something at a charity shop, you are giving it to a charity who is specifically asking for those items. Um, so I've had a really good experience with them. They also have vice versa where you can list the things that you have available and then charities can claim them. So yeah, those are great. But as I said, I know this is an Australian charity. I don't know what's near you. But this does bring me to my third and final point about decluttering and waste. A lot of people keep clutter because they have good intentions, right? I had good intentions. This stuff was sitting in my house um, for longer than I'd like to admit, right? You want to wait until you find the perfect way to recycle or the perfect place to donate. And that's great. But at the same time, you need to be realistic about what you're willing to do. If you are currently, if you're someone right now who is actively researching ways to recycle and the best way to donate things, then keep at it. You know what I mean? Keep your stuff until you find a great solution. But if that's not you, here's what I recommend. Take imperfect action instead. Think realistically about the resources that you have available, right? Time, money, space, energy. If you have health problems and you don't have a lot of support to do the physical lifting, right? You might have to accept that maybe you cannot declutter as perfectly as you would like, right? Or if you are a new mom or and you just never have any time for yourself, are you juggling two young kids and maybe you're working as well, right? Sure, you would love to do the best that you can for the environment, but you got to be realistic, right? You've keeping these things in your house for years and years and years until some imaginary spot in the future where you're going to have time to do this research, that's not the best option either. So what I think you should do is, again, thinking realistically about your situation, block out some time, okay? That might be a half hour, might be four hours, might be a weekend, okay? You got to think about, again, what works for you. But whatever amount of time that you pick, make sure that there is a deadline, right? This is not an infinite amount of time. You are setting yourself a set amount of time where you're going to research. You're going, during that time, you're going to research locally. You're going to come up with what are the, um, what are the resources available to me, right? For recycling, for donating. You're going to dig around on the internet and find everything that you can right? Because I get so many people that come to me and say, well, what's the best way? But that's really a local question. Everyone where you live, there's going to be a best way that's best for you. That may not even be available to the person who lives 100 miles down the road or in the next state, right? You need to do that research yourself. But then when your time is up, right? Whether again, half hour, two hours, four hours, whatever it is, when your time is up, you're going to write out a plan where you're saying, this is the best I can do. I've done this research. This is the time available. This is the resources I have available. Make that plan and then you're going to follow through, right? You're going to take that imperfect action because here's a little tough love, right? As I said, I get asked all the time about what to do with your stuff, but most people are not even actively trying to do it. There's a disconnect in our heads between what we ideally would like and what we're willing to do. Right? So it doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean try 
um, you know, not care and just dump everything in the bin. But you've got to find a middle place where there's a balance between good intentions and action, right? Because if you just rely on good intentions, who knows, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you don't know what's going to happen. Something might happen to you. And then all that stuff that you really want to dispose of perfectly is going to end up in a bin when somebody else throws it away. So do what you can, make the best possible decision, and then take that imperfect action. Okay? So just to sum this up, when you are struggling with waste, you got to make sure that you are, um, I should say more politely, I suggest that you, um, you know, make sure that you're looking at the situation fully, make sure that you're really weighing up all the pros and cons, that you are not downplaying your own well-being, your own time and energy, right? Um, people do that, especially women. You're like, oh, I can do it. You know, who cares if I don't get any sleep? Who cares if I just work a little harder? No, those things matter. So make sure you take that into account, right? Learn from your clutter. Learn, take, you know, take that time. Because that's another thing people don't do. You're in such a rush to get it out the door. Just pause for a minute and be intentional. Think, what can I learn about this item that I'm getting rid of so that you can do better in the future. And then take that imperfect action. Imperfect action is the way forward, okay? So, oh, that turned out into quite a long episode, um, but I hope you found this helpful. And yeah, I'll be back next week talking more about decluttering and simple living. That's all from today. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time. Thanks again.